This is the Truth Hurts Program. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. It is Tuesday, the 6th day of December 2022. I'm not much on the No Fun League. I don't watch too much of the feetball games anymore because, well, all of the controversy with desecrating the flag and kneeling down for the national anthem really put a sour taste in my mouth a couple of years ago. And although some teams have finally realized that BLM, the bowel movement, or the Black Lives Matter movement, is nothing more than a scam, a scandal, a sham, an excuse for white people to feel guilty and give money to some organization that has done absolutely nothing to further the cause of equity, equality, social justice. There's still massive black-on-black crime in this country that is virtually ignored by the news media all the way around, completely ignored. The BM, a BLM, excuse me, movement They didn't take the millions and millions of dollars in donations from private idiots, uh, citizens, and so-called woke corporations who were basically, um, pardon the expression, blackmailed into giving donations to the BM movement, BLM movement, because if they didn't, then you must support racism. You must support white supremacy. You must be... One of the Proud Boys. That's the big thing that everyone is shouting now. Oh, you must be one of the Proud Boys. These extortionists, the BLM movement, and I'm not talking about the Bureau of Land Management. That's a different BLM that takes money out of your pockets and misuses it. The Black Lives Matter movement is an extortion ring. That's right. And they take this money, and they buy mansions, and they buy fancy cars, and call them company cars. Oh, they might donate $5,000 to the United Negroid College Fund. They might do one or two little acts of goodness, but of the hundreds of millions of dollars that they scammed people out of, under the lie, under the guise of social justice, and equity, and equality and anti-racism movements, they kept most of the money. Now, technically, it's not a profit on paper if you give it all away in salaries and benefits and buy multi-million dollar mansions for the founders of your so-called nonprofit. But anyway, I've gotten a little off track here. I want to go back into my Elon Musk rant for just a few moments. I didn't like Elon Musk when he was taking hundreds of millions of dollars in United States tax breaks to develop his electric car that you cannot buy in the state of Louisiana because Louisiana has a law that says you must have a car dealership in order to sell cars, which makes kind of you know, lots of sense to me. You have to have a dealership because, let's say you buy one of those Tesla cars, where the hell do you bring it in for service? You have to put it on a 
flatbed trailer and ship it off to some Tesla service center in some foreign state. I think Tesla's business model is flawed in that regard. Didn't like Elon Musk when he was pandering for U.S. tax dollars. But you know what? You got to applaud the guy. The tax incentives to start a company, to run a company, were put out there by your government. So, Musk, an entrepreneur, took advantage of something that was freely offered. It would be like saying tomorrow if Joe Biden says everybody can have a welfare card this month, everybody can have a food stamp card this month, here's a thousand dollars, I'm sorry for the inflation I caused, here's a thousand dollars for you for food. I don't know too many Americans, even the most staunch conservative who would bellyache about it and complain about it on public media, but would still take that thousand because if it's being given away, you might as well take it. If you don't take it, I promise you someone else will. So Elon Musk starts a company, is widely successful, wildly successful with that company. And then he wants to invest some of his money, his hard-earned gains. So he makes an offer to buy Twitter because he sees that Twitter is a flawed organization, a biased organization, an organization that seeks to stifle the very first amendment to the U.S. Constitution, the very first item in our Bill of Rights, freedom of the press, freedom of speech, freedom of expression. He saw that Twitter was flawed and that Twitter had done some very unethical, immoral, and highly, in my opinion, illegal things to swing an election through misinformation, disinformation, and the like. And so, he says, I think I'll buy that multi-million dollar or multi-billion dollar entity, that media outlet. I think I'll buy them. And I'm going to fix them when I buy them. And everybody laughed. Ha, 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 ha. You can't fix us. We're liberal. We're progressive. We're woke. And so, after finding out that Twitter had also lied about the number of subscribers they had, Elon Musk said, no, you know what? Maybe I won't buy Twitter. They lied. They faked and fudged the numbers. They claim to have X number of followers, but they actually have 30% less of those followers, or whatever the percentage was. So you lied to me about the number of subscribers to your media outlet. So I'm not going to pay the price that you want. I'll still buy you but I'm going to buy you for 30% less or whatever that percentage was. You have that many less followers, impressions. They sued him. They sued him and said, oh, yes, you will buy us. You will buy Twitter. Ha-ha, he bought Twitter. And now that he's making meaningful reforms and exposing corporate records which prove that the company, Twitter, before he purchased it, was a corrupt arm of the Democrat Party. 
They're mad. They want to sue him because he's laying off people who don't do a damn thing all day. He's a businessman. He wants to run it like a business. He wants it to remain profitable. So now they want to sue him again. Earlier I spoke about the crumbling city of New Orleans. Twitter was crumbling. Fat with employees. Wasteful spending. Corporate greed and corruption. And now Elon Musk is turning that company around and fixing things. The Democratic Party doesn't like it very much. Oh well. I'm driving, so I'm not going to go into the rave this early in the morning. But you must understand, folks, Twitter is a business. Businessmen are successful because they know how to run businesses. Joe Biden would never know anything about that because the only thing he's ever run is his mouth. Lying to people. Making up stories to make himself look much better than the piece of crap he is. There's not much we can do about it. Donald Trump is now being demonized again, vilified, castigated, because he has the proof he needs through Twitter about the corruption, the stealing of the election. Yes, quit rolling your eyes. It happened. But nothing will be done about it because it would throw the world into an upheaval that we may not recover from. That's all the time I have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Have a great Tuesday, and we'll see you next time. The National Football League is a nonprofit organization. Yes, believe it or not, they are listed as a nonprofit organization. It's easy. You make hundreds of millions, if not billions and billions of dollars each year, and then you pay a bunch of, if you ever listen to them speak, I say illiterate, uneducated guys who happen to be big, can run fast, they catch a ball, or they can kick a ball, or they can run, or they can hit somebody. Bunch of thugs. And they pay them millions and millions of dollars to play a game. To play a game. There are guys out there digging ditches. There are guys out there finishing concrete framing buildings with hammers and nails. There are guys out there having to stick their hands up the hind end of an animal to make sure everything's working inside. There are people climbing ladders and in bucket trucks stringing up wires to give you the all-so-important electricity you need for your home. I could go on and name every occupation that is more important than a bunch of grown men running around playing a game and getting paid millions and millions of dollars to do it. But I did happen to watch a ball game last night, the Monday night matchup between the aging Tom Brady, who for 56 minutes out of a one-hour contest of playing time, was showing his age, was looking frustrated, could not complete a pass, screwed the pooch for 56 minutes as the hapless New Orleans Saints were dominating. We're up by, you know, it was a two-score lead. 
until there were about three minutes left, three and a half minutes left in the game. There was a timeout, and I don't know what they injected Brady with. I don't know if they let him take his super pill or did he take his Superman glasses off and don his cape. But in the last three minutes of that game last night, the hapless New Orleans Saints gave away a two-score lead. And Brady came back and won the game with two touchdowns in less than three minutes. Unbelievable. I like Dennis Allen. He seems like a nice guy. But you can't be a nice guy in the no-fun league as a head coach and expect success, short-term or long-term. I like Dennis Allen. He was a great number two man for the New Orleans Saints, but now he's just acting like a number two, a turd. Not doing what needs to be done not screaming at players like Sean Payton did. Not giving these guys the what for when they screw up. The Saints defense did a marvelous job through 54 out of 60 minutes of play. And then they got picked apart like a Thanksgiving turkey by that uncle that showed up uninvited and missed the main meal. The offense fell flat, flatter than a Coca-Cola sitting out for three days in the hot sun. I was jaw-dropped at the change in the tempo of the game. Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks could not get anything rolling Brady, one interception or possibly two, I think it was two, a couple of forced fumbles by the Saints defense who actually capitalized early, had a pretty good and comfortable lead, and then, just like the city of New Orleans for which that team represents, and I'll explain that one in a moment, they let it fall apart, they neglected their lead and they gave away the game to the Tampa Bay Bucks, which is fine. <clears throat> the Saints had no chance of going to the Super Bowl this year whatsoever. No chance, no shot. But to play 56 minutes of really good football and then piss it away in the last three and a half minutes of a one-hour playing time contest just makes me want to shake my head. I'm sorry. Enough about the no-fun league, but I will make the correlation. New Orleans, Louisiana, prior to 1975, was the jewel of the South. That's what they called it. It was, at the time, much larger than Atlanta, Georgia, in population, much larger than Houston, Dallas, Miami, Charlotte, much larger. It was larger than Memphis, Tennessee. 
It was larger than St. Louis, Missouri in population. New Orleans, Louisiana had a thriving tax base, both from its citizenry and corporate America. At one time, New Orleans, Louisiana was the world global headquarters for Exxon, Texaco, Shell, Mobil. We had headquarters offices for Conoco, Phillips Petroleum, Chevron. It was awesome. Those companies, along with the other companies who had large operational headquarters in New Orleans, the city of New Orleans. Big companies like Dow Chemical. They all called New Orleans home and they all contributed to the New Orleans tax base. And their employees lived in the city of New Orleans, worked in the city of New Orleans, paid taxes to the city of New Orleans. When I was a young boy growing up in the city of New Orleans, late 1960s, NORD, N-O-R-D, the New Orleans Recreational Department, was a national model. Mayors from other cities like Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Phoenix, they came to New Orleans and modeled their recreation departments, their parks and playgrounds and recreation facilities. They modeled them after this wonderful New Orleans recreation department. Like many cities across the nation, New Orleans had what they called old money families. Old money families. Families that at one time had large tracts of land and lots of oil revenue coming in from the royalties of drilling from oil and natural gas on those lands. And those families formed foundations which donated to the New Orleans Recreation Department, the New Orleans Museum of Art, which at one time, by the way, NOMA, the New Orleans Museum of Art was one of the crown jewel museums in the United States. New Orleans also was a cultural mecca. There was still the French Quarter, not the quarters as people mispronounce it nowadays. We're going to the quarters. No, it was the French Quarter, the fourth of the city, the one fourth of the city of the original city that was occupied by French people, people from France. There was the Irish Channel, Irish people who had come here, many as indentured servants, slaves of sorts, who had, upon the freedom of slaves, learned the English language and assimilated into society. New Orleans at one time was divided into four quarters, four one-fourths, so to speak. The French Quarter, the oldest part of the city, where the original French 
settlers built the city of New Orleans in the crescent of the Mississippi River, giving it the name Crescent City. True culture, not what certain ethnic minorities now claim is the culture of New Orleans. Bunch of African-American kids beating on Home Depot buckets with sticks, claiming to be musicians. A bunch of kids blowing horns and extorting people for money. If you don't give us money because we played four notes while you walked by, we're going to follow you to your car and rob you and carjack you. That's not culture. That's lawlessness. New Orleans no longer is the headquarters to any of the oil company's major operations. No, those companies tired of being shaken down by corrupt Democratic mayors and corrupt Democratic councilmen, corrupt codes enforcement people. Those companies wised up and said, you know what, we've had enough. Cities, forward-thinking cities like Houston, Texas, went to the CEOs of those major corporations and said, hey, they're raising taxes on you. They're charging you more and more in property taxes for the multi-story skyscrapers that you built. We're going to give you a 10-year tax break. Come to Houston, Texas. Come to Dallas, Texas. Move your operations, your offshore operations to Galveston. It's easier to get to Galveston's coastline where there is infrastructure to move your oils, your natural gases, your petroleum products, than it is having to try and navigate up 100 miles of the Mississippi River that constantly has to be dredged. And we're going to not charge you a cent in property taxes for 10 years to help you recoup the expense and the losses you will incur on your bottom line by moving away from New Orleans. And so one by one, Exxon, Shell, the tallest building in the city of New Orleans is one Shell Square. They bought an entire major city block, Shell Oil did back in the day, and built the tallest building in the city of New Orleans, which, by the way, doesn't even come close in the total number of floors as compared to their operation in Houston. New Orleans is not a major city. It's certainly not the jewel of the South any longer. And as those major corporations moved out and they're mostly white because the country is mostly white and at the time was certainly mostly white as their mostly white CEOs presidents vice presidents and board members and senior management and engineers and superintendents supervisors moved out of the city to go to their new digs in sprawling expanding properly planned Houston, Texas, Dallas, Texas, it left a void in the city. Yes, some of these executives were selling their houses for pennies on the dollar just so they could get the hell out of here. And just like roaches will invade a house if it's left abandoned without pest control, 
certain ethnic minorities started to fill those empty spaces in the city of New Orleans. Only they didn't have the education. They didn't have the skill set. They didn't have the intelligence, the ability to maintain the city of New Orleans. And just like any house that is not painted every few years, just like any car whose oil is not changed and belts and hoses maintained, grease jobs done, etc., things start to fall apart. The tax base dried up in the city of New Orleans. The Democratic mayors started claiming it was racism. It's because all the white people beat on left. That's called white flight. And when they left, they start taking care of us. We can't take care of ourselves because of racism. It wasn't racism. It was laziness. It was ignorance. It was being uneducated. It was refusing to accept that the nation still expects anyone on television, on radio, to properly pronounce the words that are being spoken. To be able to formulate a complete, coherent sentence. To be able to show up to work, smile and say, thank you for your purchase. We appreciate your business. If you go to any business in the city of New Orleans, controlled by the Democratic Party, any city business of certain ethnic minority influence, you will not get a heartfelt thank you. Hell, you can't even go to the Golden Arches and order a QPC or a Happy Meal and expect someone to greet you with a smile and say, welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order? That's what McDonald's teaches their employees to say at Mickey D's University, at their management school. Welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order? That's the bare minimum. I think it's supposed to be, welcome to McDonald's. My name is Shakita. May I take your order, please? Nope, when you pull up to a fast food restaurant in New Orleans, what you need, what you want, Tayada, 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 T-A-Y-O-W-D-U-H, Tayada. Two days, two dead deer. Sorry to see that on the side of the road. Sorry, folks. Little sidetrack. Little sidetrack. Tayada. Not would you like fries with that? None of the things that the Mickey D's people would like for their employees to say. But the problem is the majority of the residents of New Orleans all not only understand that Ebonics, but they speak it. And it leaves regular English-speaking Americans to shake their heads, give their little order, pray to God it's right, and move on. There's no talent in New Orleans. The city is falling apart. The mayor is as corrupt as the day is long in the middle of summer. 
I could go an entire program and explain to you just how very corrupt Mayor Latoyette Cantell is. That's Latoya the Destroyer. Latoya Cantrell. Transplant from liberal, woke, progressive California who has run the city even further into the ground than Sugar Ray Nagin. The prisoner. The corrupt felon who ran the city during Katrina years. She's even more corrupt than he is. I really didn't want to spend this entire program bashing New Orleans, my hometown. I still urge people, stay the hell out. Do not come and visit. Unless you come in large groups, armed, heads on swivels, expecting to be carjacked, robbed at gunpoint or knife point, roofied, raped, beaten. I do not recommend it, my friends. There are many other places in the South if you are coming from the North to escape the brutal winter that is supposed to be coming, according to Ye Old Farmer's Almanac. I would suggest Tampa, Florida. After all, they beat the New Orleans Saints last night. <sighs> what can I say? This is the Truth Hurts Program. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program was pre-recorded. Thank you.